Mic check, mic check, one, two, one, two. Welcome back to Mandate with Joe and B. Crew. <laughs> that is so good. You like that? I just made that up. We did not rehearse that. That was brilliant. Exclusive content, everybody. Oh, man. I think each week there should be a new jingle from Mr. Ben Cruz. I can do that. You know what's funny, Joe? I, uh, My good friend, shout out, friend of the show, Seth Malott, uh, every time we call each other, which is about once a quarter, uh, if the person does not pick up, you are then, uh, you have to make up a rhyme and leave it on their voicemail. Oh, I like that so, so much. We freestyle to each other every once in a while. <laughs> so I'm very familiar. Thank you, Seth, for inspiring Ben to do such a wonderful thing. Shout out Seth Malat. Check him out, realtor in Rapid City, South Dakota. Oh, that's amazing. Hey, Sarah Kurtenbach, uh, she's a, she is a vibrant person, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. You can tell why she is so successful, and she's obviously an Uber connector. Uh, I think she's, you know, she created her own luck, right? She talks about, which I love, she talks about networking. And in networking, she talks about it It never was going to be transactional. It was always, I just want to get to know you. Yes, I need something from you. However, you can choose to do it or not. I just want to, I just want to meet know, a new friend. A, well, that's the thing. I was having a conversation earlier uh, in the week about, about the word networking and how people were just kind of turned off by that word because it just sounds so transactional. But right. it's really not about that. It's about your disposition, about wanting to be in the same room with another person and get to know them. And then the natural consequence of that is a connection. Is Suddenly you're like, oh, I had a conversation with so-and-so the other day and they do this. How perfect. And yep. you call that person. And it's not transaction i mean i guess some people do that right some totally. people will use you for but you know the difference yeah i and that's what one thing i i try to really pronounce in this podcast and really in my life is i don't call it a network i call it a relational world yeah you are right. a person in my relational world we have relation exactly and and when when people are intentional about that and they understand the influence that they have Really amazing things can happen. I mean, I was I was a little teary-eyed when Sarah was talking about the way that her mentor, Dave, invested in her and, and made it a point to do that because it costs something. You know, yeah. you have to invest time and energy into somebody. Um, but the, uh, and it's thankless probably most of the time. Yep. Um, but, uh, but not, not with Sarah. She's, she was extraordinarily grateful for that. And, she and, was. and it's really shaped the way that she thinks about mentoring and building up others. What did you think about that story that she told, uh, about, Hey, uh, her and Dave went into a room full of like 50 executives, right? Directors, VPs of marketing, and they were going to show blink media. And it was, she had prepared the PowerPoint, right? The presentation, and Dave was going to execute on it. Five minutes before, he goes, you got this. <laughs> I know. I love that. What a but cool you, thing. It is a cool thing. But here's the thing. The secret behind that is Dave already knew he was going to do that. And he knew that she was ready. Yep. It wasn't just like this flippant, like, oh, let's see how Sarah does no. with this. You know, like she, he knew that she was ready and, and intentionally did that. And th so that's the first thing. Yep. He had, he had already kind of laid the foundation for that. The second thing is that he was willing to risk his own reputation for her. Yep. And that is amazing. When a leader can let go like that and can take their take a, a really strong grip off of something and give it to somebody else, that's leadership. Yep. And South Dakota, like, or even Midwest, listen to this. 
listen to this because I, I do think probably because there's more people on the coast, but I think they're starting to get it right is there is another generation of leaders coming up and you built this business and you need to hand this business off, right? You want to go in retirement. You want to go enjoy your life. You need to invest in people and it can't be based off of tenure. It needs to be based off relationship and more importantly, your mentorship to that pe- that person. And that's right. And you have to listen. It's hard work to do some some self-awareness, okay? And if you are if if your ego is out of control, if you're really prideful about what you do and you derive a lot of, you know, a lot of your identity comes from what you do, so much so that you can't release it, you can't you couldn't possibly do what Dave did for Sarah. I hope that you have some people in your life that will help you loosen your grip. Yep. Because I think the best leaders I've ever had in my life are the ones that are are selfless, who are the ones who aren't leading so that they can be uh, the superhero mm-hmm. and get all the credit, you know? They're the ones who are stepping stepping aside, building up everyone else so that they can be successful, and the the, uh, the consequence of that is that the leader is successful. Yep. Not the other way around. Yep. And so what a, what a wonderful story about that model and how that works. And um, Dave, if you're listening to this, you, you inspired us, and we no don't doubt. even know who you are. No, exactly. Uh, another piece, uh, I was really, really dr- drove a lot of energy, and it's and it's a it's kind of a negative energy uh, because people are really uncomfortable with it. But it's firing people. I just had to let go of a person, and it is absolutely a gut wrenching experience. However, what Sarah talks about is if there is any cancerous being in your organization, you got to let them go. Like. Because people are just going to be attracted to that. That's the human fault, right? And if that is if that exists in your organization, you immediately need to step in as a leader and get rid of that person, no matter the relational cost. Because it's gonna, it, all that is gonna do is it's just gonna bleed through your entire organization. Yeah, it's that can be really, uh, that can be really toxic for a place. But the thing is, is that there should be mechanisms in place to equip people to be successful. And this is what, I was in management for a while and I found this the most uh, helpful thing is that when, when the time came to let someone go, there, there have been moments that have come and gone where as a management team, we have provided ways for this person to be successful. And so I can point to that in that meeting and say, hey, we tried to set you up here for success. We tried to set you up here for success. I feel like we've equipped you in every way we know how to be successful. And for whatever reason, you're not. And that is okay. That means there's something else out there for you that you're going to you're gonna thrive at. We don't think this is it. Right. See ya. I, I, I say it a lot. You're either in the wrong seat on the bus, right? And we can transition people to other parts of the bus, Right, we already got them in the organization. We recruited them. We spent a lot of money doing that. You need to actually go somewhere else, or your wrong seat, wrong bus. That's right. So there's another bus out there for you. Man, it can be. I I'm not trying to downplay the the uh, hardship of that. You know, it's mm-hmm. not fun to lose a job. It's not fun to to have a surprise like that. It's not fun to be the leader that has to do that. All those are really sort of tough, but. Um, expected things about leadership, you know? And, yep. and so I, I think if you approach it in, with that mindset of 
equipping people to be successful and when they're not allowing them to go and be successful somewhere else right. is the way to go. Okay, so uh, last thing I want to hit on is boys club. We hear it all the time. Boys club, there's the boys club. Get invited to golf, get invited to drinks. Uh, men invite men. Dudes, open your eyes and your arms because there are other people around you that are dynamic and wonderful and want to be invited to those things. And you're going to, your organization is going to be more dynamic because of it. So men or women in leadership, invite people that are not like you to come to those things, to go golfing, to go for a coffee, to go for a beer after work. There can't be this idea that there's a boys club at the very top, at the apex, because that's what we talk about. That's what a lot of organizations are starting to understand. And so they're in, they are developing these mechanisms for diversity. Diversity doesn't just mean white and black or white and brown or white and whatever or black and brown. It means you need different perspectives because those people have come from different walks of life. They see things differently than you do. So it opens up your, your vision when you hear about other people's experiences. That's what mandate's for. Yeah. It, it's always been true for me that um, the, one, some of the most successful people that I've had on my team are, are people that scare me a little bit, you know, because they're very different than me and they think about things differently. And it's been very rewarding because uh, it just helps me understand things in a different way and, um, and allows their lens to contribute to the whole. And it, it really is rewarding. And, and to begin to just open your eyes and look for that. And obviously you can't, you can't invest in everybody, you can't develop everybody, but there's probably some people in in your relational world that could use some development from you. And and what's keeping you from giving that person your time and attention? Absolutely. And you know, one thing also being in a supervisor management position that I have learned is maybe if you're going to make a decision for the ground floor, maybe you should invite the ground floor to you, right? So. There's, there's really, you can't, it is what it is. I try to flip it every organization I've ever been in, but there is a hierarchy, right? There is a pyramid, right? The leadership is at the top. You got middle management and you got people who actually do the work at, at the, towards the bottom. We need to flip that one for gratitude, right? We need to be thankful. We can't run an organization without those people. But if you're going to make a decision about, uh, like here at USF right now in your basement, of the building we're in right now, they're stripping and waxing your floor. You should probably ask the person that is cleaning that on a daily basis if that needs to happen. Or are you doing it just because every five years we need to do that? Maybe you should start asking those people, hey, do you think it's worth investing in? And do you know anyone that can do it? They might know someone that's starting a new business that could probably do it cheaper. Uh, they could tell you exactly where you actually need to wax and strip. You don't need to do the entire building. Like that's just a metaphor for what actually could happen. But if, we, hey, leadership, if you're going to make decisions, ask the people that it affects on a daily basis because they're going to give you a great perspective. I'm glad you brought that up because this is a side note. The guy that does that in this building is the biggest rock star 
I've ever met. Like, I mean, I love that you just brought up the waxing of the floor because he has done what no one else has been able to do with some of the places on our floor. They look immaculate. And I'm just like, that is the, that is so awesome. And we make it a point to tell him that because he, he just keeps our building looking spectacular and we, we really couldn't function very well without him. So this leads me to another idea mm-hmm. that I, that we could probably talk about this for a long time. Uh, you, you were talking about relationships of, of leaders to, to an organization, but there's also some responsibility here for employees to the organization and the, uh, the seed of discontentedness mm-hmm. is a seed that sprouts very quickly. And so if you are one of those people that likes to complain or criticize what the company or the leadership is doing, you are not contributing in a healthy way to the culture of that organization. And that is one of the slipperiest slopes because once you pull other people into that environment, it's really hard to get out of it. And it creates such a interesting dynamic. So my encouragement to that is find a mechanism that is that is a positive way to voice your concerns. If you have them, we you know leaders rely on people like Ben was just saying to voice like you know if our, if our guy who's waxing the floor is like hey this actually doesn't work we need to do it this way he probably knows best right and and there's probably a positive way or a or a, a effective way for him to communicate that the the ineffective way to do that is to get together with all of his colleagues and complain about it and just criticize the leadership that right. doesn't do anything right except make everyone else feel discontented too that's absolutely right and you if you're look if you're critical that's okay right it means you care Right, people who are critical usually care deeply about that specific thing. Maybe they don't care about the organization, but they care about that specific thing. The number one thing, and it's it's so generic, but it has to happen. And leaders, it's your job to make sure it happens. Is hey, my door is open to your criticism. You can get on your box and you can scream, and I'm going to let you. Okay, I'm going to give you five minutes. Let it all out. I'm then I'm going to make you step down from that soapbox. And you need to provide solutions. You, this is an organization. Provide solutions right after your criticism. Don't wait for leadership to make that decision because you're probably going to criticize that decision because you have no ownership in it. They're going to think they're going to make the decision based on what they think is best. But if you can give them a better opportunity for getting better, yeah. then you've created a dynamic organization. I can I can only talk about this because I've been there. Have you been? Have, has this happened to you? I mean, just that. It's just like, oh yeah, there is stuff to be grumpy about. Yeah, you're right. I am grump. I am grumpy about that too. Now I now I have taken on that sort of bitterness, and I, and so I can only talk about this because I because I've experienced that and I and I did not like it. It was just, man, talk about just a killer of all enthusiasm and joy in yep. in in what you're doing for work you know it's just like any way i can avoid getting sucked into that trap again i will do it yes (laughs) because it's just really ruins a lot of stuff it's just it's a leaky faucet man if you don't touch that leaky faucet eventually that water is going to build up and it is going to flood your basement (laughs) that's a good that's a very good uh analogy thank you i just made it up i know you did you and your you and your uh i don't know what i what what do i even call the opening i your your improv it's really funny. Back Jingle. In, back in college, it was a thing before every baseball game. They, 
uh, we had a funny bit that was called Concrucius. So it looks like Confucius. And uh, I would make up some of the weirdest things ever. But guys loved it. And they loved, I would come with some philosophy and none of it would make sense. And all of it would make sense. I love it. You, hey, uh, I want to invite you all to come to a baseball game so that you can watch Mr. Ben Cruz play baseball. Uh, which is really fun on its own. But the but the other really fun thing is that every time the announcer calls Ben to the plate, he says, and now coming to the plate, number 11, 11 Ben Crush. And it's fantastic. It's a great, it's a great it's baseball fantastic. game. It's a great, great baseball game. And you game. do crush it, I have to say. Very kind of you. I have a lot of fun playing that sport. Hey, we better wrap this thing up. Uh, thanks for being with us, folks. We really appreciate you. I hope you enjoyed this exclusive content with our uh, conversation with Sarah Kurtenbach. It was such an awesome thing to have her on the program. And uh, we got a lot more exciting things coming up. So please share the podcast with your friends. Uh, you know, Post it on your favorite social media outlets and like us and subscribe to us. And uh, anything you can do to help uh, support us, we appreciate and uh will be faithful with. So thank you so much, and we'll see you next time on Mandate. On Mandate.